Welcome to the first of this series called Monday Musings, um, which could very well come out on a Tuesday or Wednesday in the future. Um, however, it's coming to you this Monday. And if you didn't catch my Facebook post um, on this, I essentially what I want to do with these Monday Musings or these types of episodes, quote unquote, is just to do short 10 to 20 minute monologues on different topics that perhaps don't require a guest or um, that are you know perhaps a little bit more bite-sized and short in terms of content um, i know that many of you have um, asked this you know it's very specific questions specific topics and so i wanted to honor that and uh, to bring you these 10 to 20 minute monologues and uh, hopefully you know that's a bit more digestible for some of you and these are going to be scattered in and amongst the regular full-length episodes where i have guests on and so for today's um, show I have decided to tackle the topic of intermittent fasting and blood sugar adrenal uh, slash hormone issues. Okay, and there's a lot to unpack there. But let's just uh, start off from the ground floor and establish what intermittent fasting actually is. Intermittent fasting, uh, there's many different ways to do it, but essentially, in a nutshell, it is going for an extended period um, without eating. Okay, so typically the way that most people do it is we would eat dinner, uh, let's say at 7 or 8 o'clock, and we would then um, wake up and we would skip breakfast, right? So maybe we would go until 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock the next day. So essentially what we would have is a 14-hour to 16-hour window where we're not eating. And the reason why most people do it in the morning is, you know, Captain Obvious, it's easy, right? So we're sleeping for eight hours, um, which doesn't require any effort to not eat. And if we just simply skip breakfast, a lot of people are not hungry when they wake up. Uh, so it's, it's fairly easy. So the benefits of intermittent fasting are fairly numerous. And there is currently a lot of research and investigation going on to the benefits. The, the highlights that I'm just going to share with you so that we don't consume too much time here are things like reduced inflammation, uh, better metabolism, better digestion because you're essentially giving your system a break. Uh, weight loss is another one. So there are lots of benefits. Let, let's just be very clear about that. But, but there is a potential downside here. And let's just hop into the issue or the topic of the day. And that is blood sugar issues and adrenal gland function. Okay, so your adrenal glands are essentially your stress glands. Okay, they sit just above your kidneys, sort of mid-back, mid to lower back, I would say, um, on either side of your spine. Um, and they produce all of your stress hormones, obviously. Um, they are heavily involved with the sex hormones as well. So things like testosterone, estrogen, um, et cetera, et cetera. So they're, they're heavily involved there. And the adrenal glands actually produce uh, around 60 different hormones. Now, the hormones that you might be familiar with relative to adrenal glands are going to be things like cortisol. Okay, so cortisol is a stress hormone. And uh, cortisol has a number of functions, which I'll get into in just a second. Okay, so here's, here's where I'm going to start off with this. For a lot of people with blood sugar issues, right? So hypoglycemia, what typically happens is you wake up in the morning and you try and fast. And what happens is you start feeling dizzy, you start feeling spaced out, you start feeling weak and your energy is too low. You might get shaky. Um, you might start to sweat. And all of those are signs that your blood sugar is dropping too low. 
Okay, and so obviously what happens is if my blood sugars drop too low and I don't have any food coming in from the outside, I have to make glucose essentially, right? I have to make sugar in my body. And the way that your body is going to do that is it's going to uh, stimulate glucose production. Okay, how does it do that? Well, there's a number of ways that we can do that. We can obviously tap into our glycogen stores. So that would be primarily in the liver. Um, there is glycogen stored in the muscles, but that really goes to fueling the muscles directly. That's not going to go into body-wide energy. We can also take uh, fat, right? And we can burn fat. So this is actually the big benefit of intermittent fasting is we can actually tap into our fat stores and we can start burning fat for energy, Okay, and that's um, huge, right? That's why that's why this works for uh, weight loss for many individuals. However, what happens, and this is really bringing us on point here, what happens when your blood sugar is too low is oftentimes, well, not oftentimes, always, your adrenal glands are involved, right? So your adrenal glands will secrete cortisol to essentially, um, you know, your body's in stress mode, right? It's blood sugar's dropping too low, hit the panic button, we need sugar. So cortisol, one of its many functions, cortisol uh, stimulates glucose production in the body. In other words, it makes sugar. So this is why people with hypoglycemia usually have adrenal problems, almost always, in fact. And conversely, this is why people with adrenal issues tend to have hypoglycemic and blood sugar um, issues as well. So think about this for a minute, right? And I'll just paint a couple of pictures here for you. You're the person that goes to bed at night, okay? No problem falling asleep, okay? In fact, you might actually go to sleep quite early. And what you find is you wake up at, let's say, two or three o'clock in the middle of the night, okay? And you can't go back to sleep for an hour, sometimes two hours. What's happening there is your cortisol is actually spiking in the middle of the night, okay? So the alarm bells are going off. This could be for many reasons. This could simply be overstress or your, you know, a busy life and whatnot. But one of the reasons is that you actually go hypoglycemic while you're sleeping. Okay, so if you're the person that eats dinner early and you're you're eating lots of carbs at dinner, you might feel really good after dinner, lots of energy, and then you feel like you're gonna crash, right? So you just crash at, um, you know, eight thirty, nine o'clock, and you're done. And then you're also going to find, so, so then again, not all of those people are going to wake up at night, but a lot of them wake up at two or three o'clock, can't get back to sleep. As cortisol settles down, we go back to sleep and you might find that you wake up early. Okay. So for a lot of individuals, you know, adrenal fatigue is a whole nother complicated topic on its own, but a lot of people with adrenal issues, what's happening is their morning cortisol is very, very high. Okay, so morning cortisol is very high. Now, think about what's going on here. Cortisol is high, and when I wake up, I'm going to wake up early. I've got no problem waking up at all, bright and bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And now I I don't eat, right? So I'm fasting. What can happen is cortisol that will actually go even higher. So when cortisol goes even higher, I'm going to stimulate glucose produ production, and I'm going to have blood sugar issues. Okay, so that's one very common scenario. Um, obviously, the other one which we spoke about is blood sugar. You know, if you've been riding that roller coaster through the night, when you wake up in the morning, your blood sugar might just be low right out the gate. And so if you're trying to fast, it's going to be very difficult. You know, so this is another scenario. People with adrenal issues, you're actually going to have, because the adrenal glands are weak, you're going to have trouble regulating your blood sugar. And so for those individuals, it's really, really important for them 
to actually eat. Okay, so have something to eat. So without overcomplicating all of this, because right, I really want to make this tangible for you, I want to give you uh, some, some good solid advice here. The first thing I would recommend is is experiment, okay? And maybe don't keep your window to, you know, 14 or 16 hours. Maybe just start with 10 hours or 12 hours, right? So if you're eating um, breakfast, or sorry, if you're eating dinner at 8 o'clock at night, um, maybe you would try and eat at, um, I don't know, let's say 8 o'clock the next, day, the next morning. Maybe you'd stretch that to 9 o'clock and see how you go. Um, so that's one way to go about it. And if you just find that you're not getting any traction and it's not working for you, here's what I, the real starting point that I would suggest then. Because I'm sure if you've listening to this, uh, if you if you're listening to this and and you've tried it, you've probably tried it. What I would then recommend is, aside from getting adrenal glands evaluated and blood sugar checked out and all that good stuff, what I would also recommend is starting with three meals a day. All right, so actually starting with a good balanced meal in the morning that has lots of protein, that has lots of fats, that's lower on the carbohydrates, essentially looking at a high-fat, low-carb diet or high-fat, a high-protein, low-carb diet. And the, the goal here is to start regulating your blood sugar levels properly, right? So that insulin is ebbing and flowing throughout the day. Okay, now a lot of people, the way where they start with this is they go five or six smaller meals per day. I personally don't like that, and there's a couple of reasons why. The main reason for me why I don't like that is every time you eat, your insulin is going up. And that means that your fasting insulin is always going to be high, right? So your insulin is just high because you're constantly eating all the time. So I would suggest starting with three meals a day so that your insulin can go up and down and up and down like it should. That's going to lighten the load on your adrenal glands. It's going to lighten the load on your cortisol production, which is going to obviously also help now to balance your blood sugar levels out. As you get used to that cycle, and as you start to feel this, your energy levels become more balanced, you're going to find that uh, in many cases, your weight is going to become a little bit more balanced as well. At that point, um, I would then suggest uh, doing actual intermittent fasting and squeezing all of your calories in to that shorter window. Okay, so eight hours um, or, or 10 hours, uh, somewhere around there. Now, um, l- let's add another layer onto this, again, without getting... Um, super complicated here but there are some inherent problems with especially for women and especially for women with thyroid issues there are some inherent problems with fasting in the morning okay if you recall we just said that for many people cortisol levels are high in the morning already and if i'm fasting and i'm stressing myself out and i I, my cortisol levels go up even more what's going to happen is um, obviously the knock-on effect is it's going to impact all of my other hormones, all right? So all of the sex hormones, etc., are slowly over time going to be impacted. But with the thyroid particularly, uh, what elevated cortisol will do is it will block the conversion of inactive T4 to active T3. Okay, so I'll say that again. Your thyroid gland produces thyroid hormone, which is T4, which is relatively inactive, And your body and all of your cells has to convert that T4 to T3, which is active. So a lot of people have no problem with producing thyroid hormone. 
and they're making enough, but the downstream effect is that they're not seeing enough T3. They're not seeing that conversion. And oftentimes that can be due to elevated cortisol. So if you're listening to this and you have hypothyroidism, you've got low thyroid issues and you're trying intermittent fasting, just be aware that over time you might actually be stressing your thyroid gland out. So the way to do it, and it's not very practical, I'm not going to lie here, the way to do intermittent fasting in that sense, and a lot of people are doing this, is we're eating a good breakfast, we're eating lots of food at breakfast, we're having a good lunch, and we're actually skipping dinner, and we're fasting over that period. And again, there's some caveats and you know downsides to that as well, but for women, and I'd say for anyone, not just women, it's just mostly women that have thyroid issues, but um, anyone with thyroid problems, you might want to consider switching up when you actually fast, okay? So good breakfast, good lunch, and um, either something very light for dinner or nothing at all. Again, not very practical if we have families and such because you know dinner time is obviously quite a um, you know that that's the one meal that the family's likely going to eat together. So I totally get it. Um, however, uh, you know, just there's going to be a bit of trial and error here. And um, if you've already identified that you have adrenal and blood sugar issues, um, you might just want to re-listen to this and uh, experiment a little bit with regards to when you do intermittent fasting. So, um, yeah, if you have any questions, uh, please, you know, shoot them in the comment section. Um, you can email me. Uh, obviously, if you're not following me on Facebook, I would suggest you do that because that's where I'm posting a lot of this and that's where the comments are really housed is on social media. So uh, again, I'll just throw the link up to my Facebook um, page and you can find me there. And uh, once I post this on Facebook, um, I will add the link to that post in the show notes for this episode. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed the first of these shorter episodes and just my thoughts on intermittent fasting, adrenals, and blood sugar issues.